Champions Mojo is part of the CG Sports Network. Visualization. So if you have a goal and what you want to do, yes, you need to put the work in. I think the mental state, the mindset is so strong. I was telling a friend and I always like believed in visualization. Like when I grew up in Columbus, Indiana, I had a coach that, you know, they would put us in the dark room and we would do the visualization and the relaxation. And I always loved that because it was like taper time. And, you know, that was so much fun to do. But I really strongly believe in visualization. So one of my goals at in San Antonio at Nationals was I wanted to break 53 and go 52 in my 100 free. And so as I was warming up and I, I wanted to do it, but I really didn't visualize or think about it, but I was swimming in warm up, And for some, whatever reason in my mind, I popped in my head a visualization of seeing a 52-7 and right before my race. So, And then when I hit the wall at the actual competition, I went a 52-77. Welcome to the award-winning Champions Mojo, hosted by two world record-holding athletes and health, life, and leadership coaches. Be inspired as you listen to Conversations with Champions. And now, your hosts, Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Champions Mojo podcast. And as usual, I am co-hosting with Maria Parker. Hey, Maria. Hi, Kelly. So it's great to be with you today, Maria. And before we give our guest the proper introduction that she deserves, we're going to say hello, Erica Braun. Welcome to Champions Mojo. Hi, Erica. Hi. How's everyone doing? (laughs) We're good. (laughs) Great. Well, we are so excited for our special guest today, who is Erica Braun, the outstanding, amazing master swimmer. She is arguably, even at the young age of 50, because we know we interview all ages and age groups, even at the young age of 50, Erica could be one of the most decorated master swimming in all of U.S. master swimming. She has more top 10 individual honors at 303. She's got 19 pool individual All-American honors, which means being number one in an event. But the biggest honor, which we always talk about in Master Swimming, is the All-Star honor. And some of us work all our lives to get one All-Star honor. Literally to get one All-Star honor is huge. Erica already at 50 has 10, which means she had the most number ones in a year. And I looked over each year, there may be like 10 or 12 per year that Erica is number one. And that's happened 10 years in a row. She also has, yeah, US master's record 16 that she currently holds nationally, 25 in her lifetime. But we are going to talk with her about even getting better and better. She's just turned into a new age group. And this past weekend, she set two world records and another national record. But there's so much more. Let's get to it. But Maria, first, what else can you tell us about Erica? Well, Erica's always been an athlete, starting out as a gymnast, and then she switched to swimming. She had an outstanding high school experience and swam for two years in college for Jack Bowerly at Georgia. She's most famous for swimming the Olympic trials in 1988 at the age of 16, and then again in 2012 at the age of 40, as 24 years apart. And we're going to talk with her about that and so much more. Erica, we're so glad to have you. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So... Erica, we in the master's community and just in general, the biggest thing that we've probably known you about historically is that fact that you swam faster at 40 than you did at 16. You were one of the oldest people ever to swim in the U.S. Olympic trials. And this is not master swimming. This is just USA swimming against the greatest swimmers in the world. So now 
it's 10 years after that experience. So you're now 50. And at 40, you were all the rage, all over the news. Here's a 40-year-old swimming in Olympic trials. Give us the reflection on that of 10 years and it's 50. And how does looking back on that 10 years ahead feel? And what's been going on in those 10 years? I guess just looking back, it's always something that I've had to drive me toward working toward a goal and having that goal to try to hit that trials qualifying time. I still have it in my head. 2639 was the qualifying time. And we got very, very close multiple times within hundreds of a second. And still to this day, it's been like one of the highlights of my career, just doing that along with my husband, who was extremely supportive and had lots of coaches and teammates that cheered alongside me. And so just having that goal to work toward has been something that I've always kept with me. And now that I've aged up to 50, it's fun to have new goals and look at some of those records that the 50-year-old women have achieved that are just amazingly fast. So they're not easy. (laughs) So they're not something that is going to be easy for me to work toward. But just having the goal, I think, is probably something... But I would say if you do get inspired by competing, just having that goal to work toward is is really key. So wonderful, Erica. And this is so exciting to think now from when you were 40, now you are 50. Can you share with us what are some just crazy goals that you have for yourself as a 50-year-old? Oh my goodness. Well, just aging up in itself gives a whole slate of new goals, but one of the things that I've always enjoyed most about master swimming is getting together with my teammates to do relays and to go for some new relay records together, whether it be short course yards and national records or world records. So we already have a slate of different meets that we're trying to target to do that together. Obviously being 50, now I get to look at a new set of goals in the different age groups. So that's been really fun. And honestly, I've been shocked at... I know, Kelly, you have some records in this age group too, but I'm shocked at how fast the records are in the 50 to 54 age group for both national and world records. So none of them are going to be easy, which in a way kind of makes it fun. But in looking at the prior year age groups... Some of the records are faster in the 50 to 54 for women than they were in the 45 to 49. So I was a little surprised at that. But just to have new goals to to target is super fun. So I'm looking forward to doing more meets, traveling a bit more. Obviously, this is the time to try to target some new records since it's always a little bit easier to do that on the younger end of the age group than it is when you're targeting the end. So yeah, so those are some of the things, just traveling and having fun with my teammates. Are these the same people that you've been swimming with since you, well, how long have you lived in Raleigh? I guess that's the first question. Then is it the same people that you've been swimming with the whole time? Yeah, there are a lot of the same and some new ones too. So it's been fun seeing the people that I started swimming with. Gosh, over 20 years ago, we moved, Eric and my husband and I moved to Raleigh in 1995. So we've lived in Raleigh longer than we've lived anywhere else. So it's definitely home. All of the teammates, like I've never done any of these like super relays where people come together from different parts of the country to form a relay and just create a team or people transfer to different teams. We've always just been North Carolina. And so 
I'm just been really fortunate to have really similar like-minded people that like to have fun and, and swim fast. And so we've just been together. I've had a group of women that we swam in the 35 plus age group, gosh, just a couple of years ago. And we had a goal to try to break some of the national records in, in the, that age group, as many as we could. And we ended up breaking, I want to say like nine or 10 <laughs> out of the 15 in the different pool distances. So that was super, super fun. Got to know them. They're just like some of my dearest friends. One of the things that we learned about one another, and I don't know if this was just coincidental, but all four of the women, and we we traveled to Ohio and Florida. I mean, we were all over trying to you know just compete as often as we could, but all four of us were only children. And so we always kind of thought that was unique in that you don't come across that very often. But when we got, really got to know one another, we did have a lot in common, but we just thought it was so funny that all four of us were only children and that kind of bonded us. What's the biggest difference between swimming and competing as a 41, 40-year-old and a 50-year-old? Does this feel much different? Oh gosh, that's a great question. I mean, I don't feel like I'm I'm getting older, but yeah, my times are starting to slow down a little. So I'm not swimming quite as fast, but I would say I still really enjoy the sport and the people and just having the opportunity to still compete. I've had, and I think all of us do as we get older, we have different ailments that we face. I know Kelly, you and I were talking about shoulder injuries. I've had to deal with back injuries. I had back surgery a year ago to remove a a cyst in my spine. So that, that wasn't a lot of fun. And it took a year really to get back to it. I wasn't able to lift weights, which I think really helps me personally as a sprinter to have a lot of strength and speed in the water. So I kind of took that for granted. So having that year out of the gym that didn't allow me to get stronger. And then of course, COVID and then just not having as many meets for us to be able to go to a lot of shutdowns. That was a challenge. So just finally feeling a little bit back to myself again. Yeah. It's been inter- an interesting couple of years for everybody. <laughs> what is your ideal? I'm sure you can't always do it, but what is your ideal training schedule? Like your number of swims and your number of lifts and that type of thing. Yeah. So ideally getting in the water five days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning before work. I am not a morning person. So I do not enjoy getting up for work. It was or getting up to swim rather. I got up this morning, my alarm went off at 450 and my husband got up at five and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you woke up because my alarm didn't go off. And he said, yes, it did. <laughs> you just turned it off. Like literally I turned it off in my sleep without even realizing it. So thankfully I did make it to practice this morning, but so it's a challenge, but it is nice to have your training done and over with so that you start your day. You feel like you've actually accomplished something before 7am. So an hour and 15 minutes, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, And then we swim Saturday and Sunday mornings as well, an hour and a half. And then ideally, again, with work and life and just things in general, love to be able to lift at least two times a week in addition to that. And then another thing that I'm doing, and I think it's important, you don't want to get burned out in the sport that you love, but just to do different things, not the exact same thing over and over again. So my husband has multiple sclerosis and so he has challenges walking but he has a hand cycle to keep him active and get his aerobic up and does really well. It it keeps him strong and aerobically fit. So I go out and bike ride with him and it's a challenge to keep up with him. And he's, he's does really well, but just to get out there and do something different other than swimming, 
just different muscles being used, I think is it's beneficial. Like if you're in any sport, just to mix it up and, you know, do something different. How often do you cycle? At least once on the weekend. And with the light staying later, we try to do it after work one, one time. So if I swim in the morning, then I might bike with him in the evening. So maybe twice if we can, if we can get it in, I always feel better, but by the end of the weekend, I'm, I'm exhausted, <laughs> so, but it's fun. So swimming is, is definitely, I mean, it's my competitive outlet because I, I really do enjoy competing. It's my social outlet, but it's also my stress outlet too. So I have a stressful job that everyone does. You know, I think in this world today, now we're asked to do a lot more and more than we probably ever have done. So I think everybody has a lot of stress on, I think COVID and just being, you know, in the pandemic and being remote in the virtual world has put different stressors and mental health issues on everyone. So I think it's important for everyone to have some kind of physical outlet to help with, with that mental health. How do you deal with mental health and your mindset for continually having these high goals and everything? You're full-time, you're in human resources, which is a stressful in itself. You have a full-time career and you have these amazing goals in that and in swimming. So what do you do for your mental side and even take us into behind the blocks mentality? Yeah, I have to say just having the camaraderie of teammates around you that's so supportive is extremely important. Just being able to go to the pool and have fun and have coaches that are really supportive and realize that you know you come in you want to put the the work in but sometimes you also just want to be around your friends and just have that environment and that atmosphere so i think that's important just to put it into perspective and it's not like life or death though what we're doing right i mean this is something we choose to do and it's for fun so try not to put it as much stress on myself as possible i think one of the things that and and i found this just even more recently is having positive thoughts. So not thinking negatively, visualization. So if you have a goal and what you want to do, yes, you need to put the work in. I think the mental state, the mindset is so strong. I was telling a friend and I always like believed in visualization. Like when I grew up in Columbus, Indiana, I had a coach that, you know, they would put us in the dark room and we would do the visualization and the relaxation. And I always loved that because it was like taper time. And, you know, that was so much fun to do. But I really strongly believe in visualization. So one of my goals at in San Antonio at Nationals was I wanted to break 53 and go 52 in my 100 free. And so as I was warming up and I, I wanted to do it, but I really didn't visualize or think about it, but I was swimming in warm up, And for some, whatever reason in my mind, I popped in my head a visualization of seeing a 52-7 and right before my race. So, And then when I hit the wall at the actual competition, I went a 52-77, wow. which is kind of weird. But I think partially... A lot of people get behind the blocks and they have anxiety and they have negative talk or they think this is going to be painful or you know, there's just a lot of things that could go wrong or maybe it's windy or maybe the flags fell in the water, you know, <laughs> all the things that happen or can happen. But I just think staying positive and trying to just be encouraging and supportive of your teammates. Like I try to be a cheerleader for others as well. And I'm fortunate that a lot of my friends do the same. So I think just having that support system is really important. Sounds like you have a wonderful team. Wonderful. Yes. I'd like to know your other outside of your regular swimming and lifting and even cycling. 
What other routines or rituals do you have that make you the successful person? I mean, you're obviously a successful person. You have friends, you're encouraging others, you're succeeding, you're winning, that you are. And, and also, if you wouldn't mind bringing into that, maybe any nutritional standards that you have. Having the goal, that's the first step, right? Is like, what do you want to accomplish? And I try to be open to new things. So just because I'm a sprinter, like, you know, I do 1500 free, I've branched on to the 200. I keep swearing it (laughs) off, but I keep going back to it for some reason, thinking I can do it. But just really being open to a new way of thinking and, and changing my stroke or, you know, using a tempo trainer to be mindful of what my tempo is. Couple of things. So when I started swimming with the Marlins of Raleigh, I worked with Paul Silver and he really kind of changed my stroke. And I, you know, head down because I had my head up high, went to a couple of meets when we started doing that and my times were slower. So that was discouraging. But I stayed the course and knew that, you know, I needed to do something different. Cause if you keep doing the same thing the same way, then you're going to get the same results. So I think, I think just constantly looking at ways to change and evolve the way we learned. We didn't come up learning to do dolphin kicks off the walls. I mean, that's the fastest stroke right now. (laughs) And it's, you know, you have to incorporate that. So I love to watch what the great swimmers are doing. I watch like YouTube videos or the tier series on TV, you know, just try to see what different people are doing differently and try to emulate that. Nutrition wise could be a lot better, <laughs> I'll tell you, but we do try to have like a salad and fruit, fresh fruit, like every day. That's kind of a mainstay and try to stay hydrated and drink as much water. And I take my vitamins, <laughs> you know, like vitamin C and zinc and, you know, just different things that will help as you age and in recovery, glucosamine, you know, all that fun stuff that as we get older, we, we need for our bodies to stay healthy. Yeah. I could be better <laughs> like anyone else. Yeah. So who have been some of your inspirations for your performance? Gosh. So my husband, Eric has been one of my biggest inspirers and my supporters. Obviously he was never a swimmer. When we first met, I wasn't a swimmer, so he didn't know me as a swimmer, but he was the one who encouraged me to really, you know, try to, to go for, for my dreams and my goal and was really, was a big supporter. We hired a trainer, you know, to try to help and, you know, just do a lot of different things. He cooked for me and had me eat a lot more vegetables than I was eating. So, I mean, I would just say just having someone in your life that, it doesn't have to be someone in the sport, but just someone who's going to help encourage and support you. You know, I didn't want to let him down. So, you know, he did as much as he could to help me. And so when I did qualify, it was, it was a joint effort. I mean, it was our effort that we did together. So that was kind of neat. Of course, I love watching Caleb Dressel as a sprinter, you know, just his amazing underwaters and, and dives that he, he does. I love just watching all of the amazing talented swimmers. Um, we have Claire Cruzan in North Carolina, who's doing amazing things in sprint and butterfly and backstroke. And just to see her just so effortlessly succeeding, it's pretty cool. And being part of the TAC Titans, which I swim with as well, and seeing their success has been really cool as they've grown that program. So let's drill down a little bit so we can have people appreciate just how fast you are because sprinting is 
it's such a difficult thing to do. A lot of people like me can just swim long and slow, <laughs> but I, it's, you know, there's just not a lot of competition in the 1500, which is why I go there. And Maria and I always joke, she does the long bikes because we don't want to go against you sprinters. So <laughs> yeah. tell us what your world record was in the 100 meters that you just broke. It was 58.44 and I barely broke it. It was a really tough record of that, a French woman. And I honestly, I can't remember her last name, Maria, honestly can't remember her last name, but she's held it for a long time. I think it was like 58.60 and I went 58.44. So literally it was by 16.100 that I was able to, to lower it. Did you know, yeah, did you so know you were that close? Did you, I mean, had it when you were in the water? No, 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 no. I, again, did the visualization. So I was trying, I didn't quite get what my visualization was. I was trying to visualize a 58 flat, but I had two super fast swimmers on either side of me in that race. So I think I I had a couple of women like in their twenties next to me on either side that were pushing me. So that definitely helps. A lot of times in short course meters meets and masters, they see the men and the women together. And so I end up swimming a lot of times with the men and they just put up this like huge wake and it's a challenge because you're like, you're, you know, you get there. Well, it's, it's, it's a different, yeah, it's a different story, but no, I knew I, I had to try to get out fast and my technique with a hundred, I've had like a love hate relationship with it. Cause I have been truly and honestly a drop dead sprinter my whole life. And I would used to go out super, super fast in the hundred. And then I would die like a rock and I would just have to barely hang on to get the wall. And it was always a struggle. And actually, again, working with Paul Silver, he said, you know, you gotta, you gotta hold back a little and lay off the legs. And then at that 50, then just throw your legs in. And so I have been almost even splitting my hundreds now. And and I have to tell you, I may need to go out a little faster, but I will say it's a lot less painful when you finish a hundred, when you do it that way. If you're, <laughs> <laughs> it is something I've had to work on and it's paid off. And sometimes I feel like, oh, I should have gotten out a little faster. But then again, I fear that dying of a rock feeling, <laughs> in the hundred, which I'm sure a lot of people have felt and understand. How much time of the day do you spend just thinking about swimming? Oh my gosh. Well, today I just thought about it while I was at practice and I work at Fleet Feet. So we're very, very busy. We're growing. When I joined Fleet Feet a year and a half ago, we had 500 employees on the company side. We're now at 1500. So we've tripled in size in just a little over a year. So we are very, very busy. So I'm very focused on my day job during the day. I do get lots of texts from friends asking about different meets if I want to go to or different things that are going on in the swimming world. Lots of things happening now, obviously. So that's been kind of interesting. But yeah, it definitely is part of who I am. I love swimming. I enjoy it. And it's on my own accord. So I I don't feel like... I did leave the sport for 11 years due to burnout. And I felt like I had to show up to practice. I was on scholarship and it was something that I had to do. Whereas now it's something I enjoy doing on my own. And if I don't want to get up to go swim, I don't get up. You know, I sleep in. So I know that I have some goals this summer that I want to try to achieve. So I try to get up when that alarm goes off. But I mean, it's definitely a big part of who I am, but it's not everything. So Erica, you've been many times, but you're the fastest 50-year-old woman in the world in the 100-meter free short course. And we Americans, we swim yards, which 
we're the only country in the world that does. So it's really nice to be able to compare yourself to the world when you swim meters. So that 100 meter free time of 58.4, that's what it was, 58.44 mm-hmm. or 58. Yeah. So that yeah. is so fast. Just to put that in perspective for people that aren't familiar with, you know, think of a football field and think of a 50 year old woman swimming from one end of a football field to another in 58 seconds. That That's just incredible. So what are some of your goals? Like, do you think of them in terms of doing something that's never been done or an event you compare yourself to? I measure myself against my own times more recently. And certainly with these records and and with being able to compete in meters, it is more challenging because the states don't offer as many short course meters meets. There are a handful, but I guess just trying to better yourself and know that you're doing the best that you personally can do. If it's something that I'm not doing, then I try not to take that negatively. Like I don't always have like stellar meets. I went to a short course meters meet in December at Georgia Tech, and it was like one of the worst meets that I've ever had. And I was discouraged walking away from that meet, but I just tried to, and I was still healing from my back surgery, but you know, was was trying to make progress. But you can't let that define you or feel like you can't come away from that and and get better again because that was five months ago. And I have been able to focus on my training and just took some things away that I I learned what I did or what I didn't do and put it behind me and move on. So I think sometimes we let ourselves be defined with what we've done most recently. But I think if we can just take that lesson learned, put it behind you and just focus on the next thing in front of you, then it's a much more positive experience. So if someone were to ask you, what is the secret to why Erica Braun swims so fast? Our listeners are out there like, gosh, I want to be like Erica. What are two or three things that people could do that might lead them to be a little more like you? I think the biggest difference for me has been my weight training and lifting and just being strong as a sprinter and not being afraid of having muscles as a woman. Because when I do lift, I do put on muscle weight, but I just, in my mind, I know that's going to help me be a better sprinter and be stronger. The cardio I think has been really helpful I would say, you know, for me as a sprinter, I do a lot of breath control. And I know, you know, with the shallow water blackouts, if you don't train cautiously or have someone that's with you, then you need to be careful with that. But I don't take a breath in my 50s, but I train to do that. So when I, at the end of a practice, if we have four 50s, and this is not all out, this is just like almost like warm down. I'll do four fifties where I'll do three breaths and then the next one, two breaths and then one breath and then a no breather. And and that just gives you confidence that, you know, when you're doing a 50 in 23, 24 seconds, your body doesn't need oxygen for that short period of time. So it's just, that's kind of a mindset, but you do have to kind of train your, your lungs to do that. And just listen to your coaches on stroke technique. I mean, for me, I really focus on high elbow, high catch for sprinting. Like I don't do the straight arm for me. And it depends on what works best for everyone. So it's not like they may swim differently than I do, but trying new things. Tempo trainer, if you're you know, a sprinter, 
It really keeps you targeted to what kind of tempo that you want to set. And sometimes I was finding using the tempo trainer, I was actually spinning too much and my tempo was too high. So I needed to do more distance for stroke training, which lengthened out my stroke. DPS or distance per stroke training, I will tell you for a sprinter is extremely helpful. Like you don't think when you're doing the drills, drills are so important to help with your technique and just putting the time in and commitment to doing the drills is huge. So DPS training for me helped me not spin, but also get a really strong early catch, high elbow underwater. So I guess those are just a couple of things that has helped me. (laughs) Oh, those were fabulous. I, I love those. What if we not ask you that you would like to share with our listeners? Oh, gosh. Well, I think I touched upon it a little bit, but I have some friends who have performance anxiety. I have a lot of really amazing people that I train with that I think they had a mindset of what they used to do when they swam competitively and are fearful of what they might do now as a master swimmer. And so that keeps them away from wanting to compete because they don't want to compare themselves to what they used to be. I would just encourage people just to realize not to be fearful of the unknown and and try to embrace and enjoy competing if that's what you want to do. There's a lot of swimmers who just love to come and work out and get an amazing workout in and it's great cardio. But if they truly are interested in competing, I would say set your goals at where you are now so that that first time you get in and dive in and do your 100 free or whatever race it is your race, measure that from your starting point. Don't think about the past and what you did perhaps when you were in college. And obviously with me, I was able to go faster than what I did back in those times. So there's no limit on what you can do as an older athlete, as an adult. I mean, I think we swim smarter. We have we have better suits. I mean, we had the paper suits when <laughs> I swam. So those were not ideal. But you know, just not being fearful, trying to embrace the journey and just try to enjoy that butterflies and that anxiety before you race is not a bad thing. That actually helps get your adrenaline going. It's great for racing. And then just what you're able to accomplish in in doing so is worth all of the anxiety perhaps that a lot of swimmers feel for competition. So, and for what I said earlier, you know, if you do have a setback, I had a friend who was competing with me in Canada, did not have great races. He was disappointed, but what I shared with him is my experience and just, you know, it's part of the journey, you know, you're putting hay in the barn and it's the competition. You've got to get up in the block and race if you're going to ever have success. So even though a lot of those meets may not be successful in your mind, it's part of the process so that you can get to those times where you feel great and you you feel like you've achieved what you wanted to. Beautiful. 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 Thank you. So we have now our fun sprinter round of questions. Are you ready to play that? Perfect. Take your mark. Okay. Cat or dog? Cat. Cardio or strength training? Cardio. Milk chocolate or dark chocolate? Milk. Kickboard or no kickboard? Kickboard. Mountains or beach? Beach. Football or baseball? Football. Go dogs. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> iPhone or Android? iPhone. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Morning person or night owl? Neither. <laughs> I have to go to bed early. I have to go to bed early to get up early. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Fingernail polish or no fingernail polish? 
fingernail polish. <laughs> okay. All right. Maria has a few for you. Favorite color? Pink. Favorite pizza topping? Pepperoni. Favorite vegetable? Asparagus. Oh, I just had some last night. Yummy. Favorite swim complex in the U.S.? I'm going to say Chapel Hill because that's where I, I got my qualifying time for trials. That's always has a place in my heart. Nice. What's your favorite kind of music? Oh, gosh. Pop. What's your shoe size? 11 wide. <laughs> Any siblings? Only child. <laughs> favorite Star Wars character? Princess Leia. Oh, I love it. Can you cook? I can. (laughs) (laughs) What word comes to mind most when you first dive in the water? I love it. Just exhilaration. Mm, That's beautiful. Nice. Oh, Erica, this has been so great. Thank you so much. We really, really appreciate it. And we we know everybody's going to get a lot out of hearing from you. And everybody's going to want to move to North Carolina so they can swim with you. You sound like a great team. Yeah. Oh, yeah, thank you definitely. all so much. I love what you're doing too and all of your interviews. And it's been great seeing you on the pole deck too, Kelly, and getting to know you. So look forward <laughs> thank to you. seeing you. Yeah, and we're gonna get Maria out there. She's gonna be one of the newbies who doesn't Yay. who doesn't care. Um, yeah, so <laughs> yeah, it'll be easy to not care. <laughs> thank awesome. you. Stay tuned for the takeaways. Want to succeed like a champion? Five-time Olympic coach Bob Bowman, coach of Olympic legend Michael Phelps, says Kelly's book, Take Your Mark Lead, is a powerful addition to your personal improvement library, and learners from all walks of life will gain key insights and enjoy this inspiring book. Take Your Mark Lead, debuted as an Amazon number one bestseller in five categories and is available online. And now, the takeaways. So... The great Erica Braun. <laughs> what what a champion. I mean, just so much wisdom, like lots of great stuff. I hope everyone will listen to the whole interview. But we'll give you two each of our, our main takeaways. And Maria, you as a new master swimmer, you said yeah. you, you got tons of stuff. So what was yeah. your first takeaway? Well, I this one speaks to anybody who's aging and trying to learn new things. She is so open to everything new from changing her stroke to using new kinds of training techniques to just everything, suits. And I love that openness. I think sometimes for me, I shouldn't say we, but I can get stuck in my groove, the things that I'm good at. And even in cycling, there's ways that I can improve, but it requires me to unlearn things and relearn things. And what I love about Erica and why she's been so successful, I think, is because she's just thrown herself in, you know, when her coach said, you're going to change your technique completely. And then she had two meets where she was actually slower. I mean, she didn't give up. She kept on going. And because of that, she's been setting world records. So I loved her openness, openness to the new. And I, I think that's something we really as we become master's athletes, as we move along in the master's path, we have to keep on making ourselves do new stuff, try new things, try new techniques, learn. And the other thing, you know, and as she watches all the swimmers and, you know, the really world-class young swimmers and says, what are they doing and how can I apply that? So I just, that was very inspirational for me. Yes. It is so hard to change your ways, no matter what age. I mean, it's almost like no matter what age. So being open to that changing and also she changed and didn't like had a couple of bad right, meets. Right, so right. Then it's always tempting to go, let's go back, but just kind of stay the course. Right. You know, it takes a while to change something yes. and feel good with it. Yes. So yeah, yes. that's a great takeaway. 
my first takeaway, we just heard over and over and over with her was community, 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 these other great swimmers that she's swimming with her friends. It's fun. She texts on and off with them. She plans meets with them. So it's, you know, the North Carolina masters are a really big, fun group. You can see them having fun when we're at nationals. Famously fun. They're famously fun and, and, and famously fast and famously good. (laughs) So yeah, community is one of the two things that we've heard keeps us young. Oh, Mark Middleton has been on our show of Growing Boulder, and he said that exercise and community, those two things are the fountain of youth. So if you have a community like Erica does, you can swim faster. It helps with your anxiety. So that was my first takeaway was having that community can really help your success. That's so true. And we've heard this theme before, especially in master swimming, about it being fun that they want to go, that those are their friends. This isn't a job for them. And the community is what makes it so. And she gets and gives community. I mean, as she talked during the interview, she talked about trying to encourage others too. So I think when you're part of that, it just helps everybody, yourself and others. So I, I totally agree. I love that. It's, it's of course, I've talked about it on the show. The important parts of my cycling are with community too. So uh, my second takeaway is not new, but she spoke of it so well about, she visualized her times. And when she has a goal that she sets, she does visualization. And we can forget, I think sometimes those aspects of swimming where we're not swimming for money or for Olympic glory or whatever, those aspects of the little tiny things that can make you better, that can fall by the wayside. I had forgotten kind of about how important it is to visualize exactly what you want to have happen in an event. And we can do it when we're 50 or 60 or 80. Or giving a speech or writing a book or taking care of our kids. It doesn't matter. Visualization prepares your brain to do what it is that you want it to do. And you should listen to the podcast if you haven't yet, because she gives some really good, precise examples about how visualization helped her. Yes. You know, I'm a huge visualizer. I believe in it. I love it. I think that's just, it's, you know, it's something we all need to be doing, not just for swimming, but with whatever outcomes we want to see in our lives. So, yeah. So my final and the wrap on this, which there were a lot of them again, listen, but I love that. First of all, she has very concrete goals, Mm. goals, goals, goals. We heard that. So when we have these goals, we have to be willing to say, if this is my goal, am I willing to do these things to achieve that goal? And one of those things was, Hey, I'm going to have muscles because (laughs) I lift weights. And so that was one of her things was she doesn't mind having muscles. I mean, she's, it's not like she's, you know, some gigantic, she's she's very feminine. feminine. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, but she does have muscles, but it's okay with her to have muscles because those are her goals. She needs muscles to achieve her goals. So I love that she embraces something that may not be typical and yet it helps her. So it's part of that goal process. If I am going to cross that finish line ahead of me, then I'm going to have to cross a few of these other finish lines that hmm, maybe I didn't think of that. It's going to take more time. That's something that, you know, I don't mind missing. I don't mind going to bed early, but I don't mind having muscles or I don't mind getting up early. So all of these things are part of that goal-making process. But I thought it was a really cool takeaway for me was that, hey, you may have to have muscles if you want to be a fast swimmer. Well, right. Yeah. I mean, the fact that we're even having to say that is sort of a sorry <laughs> statement. But yeah, yeah. yeah because, but as women, we can tend to be afraid of being big. 
but she, yeah, yeah. she, yeah. she said it multiple times that weight training was an important part of her success. Yeah. And I mean, I'd rather be strong than little. Yeah. Being strong. <laughs> oh yeah. I'd rather be strong than almost anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's really, <laughs> exactly, exactly. really great. Well, so another great one in the books, yeah. Maria. Thank you so much love for you, interviewing Kelly. this champion with me. I love you too. Love you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Champions Mojo podcast. Did you enjoy the show? We'd be grateful if you would leave us a five-star review on iTunes to help others find us. And we'd also love to hear from you. We're on all social media platforms, or you can reach us at championsmojo.com.